Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello everyone, we are back in Munich at the DLD Circular Event, a day-long conference focused on the circular economy. This morning, I thought the best actual panel focused on regenerative agriculture, uh, on the hope in regenerative agriculture in terms of uh, the sustainable economy, in terms of its new circularity. And my old friend, Jan Gisbert Schultz, who is a venture capitalist at Acton Capital and also an environmental activist, was the star of that panel. He's blushing, aren't you, Jan? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> So, yeah, tell us what regenerative agriculture is. You and I have worked together over the years. In fact, I used to edit a, a show, uh, Regenerate, on this subject. But not everyone quite understands what regenerative agriculture is. Tell us what it means to at least you. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the expression regenerative agriculture isn't really defined. So there, there are many viewpoints of what regenerative agriculture is. So I can only tell you what I... Uh, assume on it. Um, for me, it's basically the the maximization of biomass production on a piece of land through creating a highly diverse um, agricultural practice system on, on that ground. And um, because the idea is basically to maximize the photosynthesis you can have on this piece of land and um, so first of all I would like to make clear uh, I understand that regenerative agriculture is probably a nice way to transition from a, um, a, a traditional um, industrial farming system to a more sustainable farming system um, for me regenerative clearly means that it has to be organic so um, the conventional system was um, um, uh, fertilizers, um, uh, artificial fertilizers or oil-based fertilizers and, and uh, pesticides is, cannot be the future. The monocultures are crashing worldwide. We need more diversified systems because only these systems are resilient. And with diversity, you actually are able to maximize photosynthesis. So you come to that result that I was talking about producing a lot of biomass on a piece of land. And that's what for me is regenerative agriculture. You stand back a little bit, Jan, and try not to put words into your mouth, but my sense of, of your view on all this is that it's our exploitation of the soil which is the heart, the key to fixing the environment. Is that fair? Is that where we need to start in yeah. terms of our exploitation of the soil? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the soil is key, and what I have been describing, um, I should have added that, is all of course focused on rebuilding soils and um, you know the, the what I had to learn is the carbon cycle basically the symbiosis between the plant and the soil the plants doing photosynthesis and they are exudating about 40 percent of the sugar that they produce into the soil and feed the soil and the, feed the bacteria the the mycorrhiza um, fungi uh, all these little critters and animals that are in the soil and in return receive from these 
um, uh, the, all, all the uh, nutrition that they cannot get through photosynthesis. And it's this carbon cycle which basically um, helps to sequester carbon into the soil. And um, we have depleted 50% at least of the humus, the organic um, matter in the soil in the well, last, particularly in the last 200 years. And um, the results are uh, what we see today, um, uh, climate change, um, the, 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 the extinction of species. Um, so everything originates from this carbon cycle. Um, um, the, the life is, is built on photosynthesis and the symbiosis between the soils. And the other thing that um, is so important around the soils is if you have more uh, humus in the soil, you can store more water, the infiltration rates uh, improve. And if you have more water, you actually fire up what I call the, uh, the, the, the local water cycle. So the transpiration of plants um, with the heat getting on the plant, the plants transpire as we do. And that's the basis for um, humidity that then turns into clouds and brings back the water on, on, on the ground. And um, to keep that system running, which is our life system, uh, we, we need to have healthy soil. So um, I was so excited about discovering regenerative agriculture because I wasn't aware that there is a mean of regenerating soils. And um, because regenerative agriculture is focusing on diversity, um, they're able to do it. Um, the diversity is important because if you have different plant species on a piece of soil, they have different root lengths and uh, this way the exudations that are taking place through the process are really at all levels in, in the soil uh, horizon and, and that's very important um, to uh, create the sequestering uh, process of carbon into the soil. One of the things you said this morning, Jan, that um, got a very strong reaction from the audience is that we need to rethink how we quantify uh, economics, post-industrial economics. And this also fits into your regenerative theory and indeed into the, the heart of a, uh, a new kind of circular economics. Why do we need to rethink economics in, a, in, in its traditional sense? Well, the, the issue is that our economic system at the moment is not aligned with the natural principles of how nature works. Nature works in, in a certain way. I explained on the panel these principles, which are that nature is basically evolutionary, it's successive, it's emergent, it's self-organizing, it's dynamic. Um, it's basically, yeah, it's a living um, thing and it's collaborative, it's not competitive, it's collaborative, it's based on a, 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 a number of um, symbioses, the plant and the, and the soil, the animals and the plant, the predators and the animals, and um, it's diverse and it's circular. And um, our economic system has basically taken the opposing side. It's, it's we have a mechanistic view, we, we think we can manipulate nature, we can fix nature, we think that competition is the way to um, make progress, we think that um, uh, a monoculture is more efficient than a diverse system and 
we think we have a linear economy, the, the value chains are linear, we're hardly uh, recycling anything, and what we recycle, we downcycle. So with that, we are co completely delinked from what nature actually needs. And this is a little bit crazy because we're basically cutting the, the branch on which we are sitting because we rely on the natural system. Um, according to the World Economic Forum, 60-70% of um, the economic output on the world is depending on the natural system and or inputs from the natural system. So how do you rebalance this? How do you um, achieve an economy that is actually um, what I call regenerative, that has an incentive to rebuild the natural capital account um, uh, that we do not account for at the moment. And that brings me to my point. Our accounting system, and we know this for 100 years, is basically not accounting for what we call the externalities. The externalities are all those costs that a certain way of producing something um, are a cost and that are not accounted for the business that is producing something. So if, for example, uh, a conventional uh, farm is uh, applicating pesticides and or um, uh, um, oil-based fertilizers, syn synthetic fertilizers, um, who end up in the end in, 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 in the groundwater and are causing a higher concentration of nitrate, nitrates, um, that is not paid for by the farmer, it's actually paid for by society who pays for the cleaning up of this water. Um, and just to give an example here from Germany, um, I just recently spoke to someone uh, who explained to me that a water company in Germany can pay a farmer probably up to 10,000 euros uh, if he would um, apply um, uh, more sustainable regenerative practices because otherwise the cleaning of the water is becoming more and more expensive. So if this farmer would need to pay for what he's causing, he would actually be out of business and, and the regenerative farmer would actually be striving. So we do not have a plain level field of um, businesses um, competing against each other. All those that make an effort to really be in a regenerative aligned way with the natural system are currently not really um, supported because those that are running a more extractive approach um, have competitive advantages. And if we would account on a company level for these so-called externalities, um, the competitive landscape would changed tremendously and all these businesses that have been probably more extractive would suddenly start to think on how to revamp their business model. It's not like they could not. We, we, we have all the ideas and technologies to do it, but currently they're not incentivized to do it. And then you have to look on the um, national um, accounting level, um, the GDP accounting. In the GDP we have a product account where we um, basically account for all the products and services that are produced by this economy. Um, but we do not have the counter account, which I call the natural capital account, where we basically um, uh, check, uh, we, we, we basically account for what we have extracted from the natural system. 
My claim is if we would have a proper accounting, we would realize that we are not growing anymore. We are actually in a declining downward spiral um, and everybody feels that, but we don't see it. And to make that visible, we need to uh, approach the accounting system. And it's not like this is not happening. The White House has already issued a, a paper on uh, thinking through the natural capital account. They want to give the, uh, the 15 years. That's, of course, far too long. Uh, the uh, European community in, in, in context of the Green New Deal are, are thinking about these models. The big accounting firms are working on this. So we're moving in this direction, but so far we have not implemented laws where these costs are really accounted for and really feed into the bottom line. Um, once that would happen, I think we would see radical change. Yeah, and uh, you and I have talked a lot about regenerative economics uh, and you've introduced me to a number of regenerative farmers, but they always operate small farms. They're passionate, I wouldn't say they're hobbyists, but they're not, in my sense at least, they don't tend to be ambitious business people. The thing that's always occurred to me is in contrast with industrial scale, mono, mono agriculture, uh, does regenerative agriculture, can it scale? It's all very well for uh, a hobbyist, for someone passionate like yourself to do regenerative agriculture, but can it, can it be a big business or is that the wrong way of thinking about it? I think first of all it's the wrong way of thinking about it. Um, I, I, I think we should not re replicate the industrial model. We should, in fact, uh, uh, remember what E.F. Schumacher uh, wrote already uh, 40, 50 years ago, Small is Beautiful. Um, uh, the the, the, the large-scale farms that we have nowadays are just feeding a few people and, 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 and there could be much more people um, involved in farming if we would have a proper regenerative um, approach. I also do not agree with you that the pioneers that we, for example, interviewed on um, Regenerate are hobbyists. Um, if you take a guy like Joel Salatin, who is farming probably nowadays um, at least uh, 2,000 acres, which is uh, not, on the East Coast, uh, on the East Coast in Virginia, which is not, nothing, for me he is an incredibly brilliant uh, business guy because he actually was able not only to produce his food in a regenerative way, but also sell it to the end consumer. So he's capturing the whole value in the value chain, uh, which many farmers today who are just producers are, are not doing. So in that sense, and a lot of these regenerative farmers are brilliant sales guys as well. But your question is, can we scale that? And I had an interesting discussion recently with someone who was talking about this idea of scaling. Um, and, and which is, of course, a very Silicon Valley Which is a very Silicon Valley thing. Um, and we came to the conclusion that it's probably the wrong word. We should talk about how can we speed up replication of these models. Because they are complex, um, you need to be smart uh, to implement these systems. It's not like um, uh, you have your chemical uh, consultant who tells you what to spray and what to put on the ground and otherwise you run your tractor and 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 have soybeans and, and corn so uh, it's it's a far more complex approach but um, I think that um, th the way to scale it is 
this is an, an, an agriculture that is very attractive to young people. It's something that is much more, yeah, they, they intuitively understand that this is a more, strangely we are using the word humane way, but it's, it's a more aligned way with the natural system. And I think this kind of thinking, this consciousness is, is, is increasing in the world. And so I'm actually optimistic that more and more people get interested. I'm, I'm actually saying, uh, you know, when I was young, uh, it was very the, uh, interesting to become a consultant. I, I was at McKinsey for eight years. Um, 20 years later, everybody wants to become a venture capitalist or an, uh, an investment banker. Um, why not uh, in, uh, in, in a few years that everyone wants to become a farmer? Um, because it's one of the most complex and intellectually challenging um, professions you can imagine. There's not a lot of money in it there, Jan. I mean, you, you, you got to this through McKinsey and through being a VC or a man of significant means. Um, never get, no one's going to get rich farming. Um, also, that depends. Um, you know, um, I, I, I mean, I have understood what successful regenerative farmers do in returns and they can easily be in the range of 15% on their revenue um, and, and that's significant. Most farmers in the United States actually are actually losing money. So um, uh, you, you probably don't become as rich as some of the uh, guys in Silicon Valley, but you can definitely make a living on it. And um, um, so in that sense, uh, I think it's important. And there's another aspect. I I say that regenerative agriculture, if it is applied correctly, is actually more productive than conventional in the sense of output per hectare. Because you're, as I said, you're optimizing photosynthesis and so far we just see a grain field. But imagine you would go into different stratas and you, you have actually agroforestry systems where you not only are on one level, but where you actually are on several levels and you build these kind of pyramids to, to optimize the photosynthesis. And so in that sense, I, I, I predict that farms in the future, well-run farms, will also produce materials for industrial um, processes. We're here at the Conference for a Circular Economy um, and circularity for Miha means in the end that we need to new, use renewable um, uh, uh, materials in, in, uh, for production. And uh, so I, I, I can see that um, farming will play a major role in this transition to a circular economy. And so in that sense, um, I'm actually um, uh, optimistic that um, also these kind of uh, producers will have a very decent income. Yeah, I know people are going to be watching and listening to this who aren't experts like yourself and thinking, well, what's the difference between regenerative agriculture and organic agriculture? What's the difference between fruits and vegetables produced quote-unquote, organically and sold uh, at farmers' markets and the kind of regenerative agriculture that you're so interested in. Is there a substantial difference both in terms of the way th these products are farmed and in the way that they, they taste? Yeah, I, 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 I think um, 
if you think about the very early pioneers like Mr. Rodale in the United States um, who were in the organic movement, the original idea was actually to create something that we today call regenerative organic agriculture. Um, due to the Green Revolution, uh, which uh, basically means that um, kind of industrial farming with uh, pesticides and, and um, synthetic fertilizers, um, the organic movement was basically in a, such a competitive situation that they also moved to a much more, let's say, monoculture approach. Um, so, um, and if as an organic farmer, while you are not allowed to use pesticides and synthetic fertilizers, but you have a monoculture, what's happening in a monoculture? Monocultures actually leave space, and that space is covered by weeds. And um, the weeds are disturbing the production process. That's why um, you need um, uh, either pesticides or, as in organic farms, you need um, 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 uh, structural interference with machines to take out the, um, uh, the, 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 the weeds. And that is, is actually affecting also uh, the, the, the soil health because you're intervening with the soil. And if you move to a regenerative system, you are actually having a much more diversified system, which prevents the weeds actually to appear because your soil is much better covered. Um, but then you have a system that is probably more complicated to harvest. And um, um, to, to give you an example, we have a small little farm in the south of Italy where we do something called centropic agriculture, which creates in the end fruits and, and vegetables and, and products that almost come out of a forest and the best quality of fruits that you can imagine come out of these kind of highly diversified systems. We have, for example, aromatic plants like salvia, salvia, salvia and, and, and lavender and, and, and lentiscos and, and similar plants uh, on the ground, highly diversified and the quality of these herbs is, is amazing. So in, in that respect, um, good taste is simply meaning there's good soil and it's a diversified system. Uh, there's, there's humus in the soil. The, there's a direct correlation between the level of humus in the soil and the taste of the, 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 the food. So in that respect, this food is healthy. Our food is not healthy. We know that there has been a significant decline in terms of nutrition content in food uh, in the last 40, 50 years. And so, you know, um, uh, Hippocrates already said, let food be your remedy. Um, we have forgot that thought. And uh, in, in, in that respect, I think um, that um, regenerative, um, a regenerative production actually creates positive externalities um, that uh, will help us to overcome the almost epidemic um, situation of chronic diseases which today are food related and, um, and, and uh, have positive impacts on health costs for example. Yeah, let's end on a personal note. Um, you noted earlier that uh, you began life as a McKinsey 
uh, advisor and you're also, you still are a venture capitalist, although you've scaled that down a bit. But you're also a regenerative farmer now in southern Italy and a man very passionate about this. What, what, what are the, um, how would you describe your own narrative? Is there a, an evangelical quality to it? Did you discover this? What, what is the meaning to, for you personally? Uh, for, uh, uh, for regenerative agriculture? I, you know, I, I was aware that something is going wrong on this planet, but I was very much part of the capitalistic extractive system, and to a certain extent I'm still. Um, and, but I didn't know a solution. I, I simply didn't know what, what can I do. Um, and then I realized through reading a book um, that there's something called regenerative agriculture which is able to rebuild soils. And I was aware of the destruction and depletion of soils and I was aware that historically all the societies that depleted their soils actually got extinct. Uh, you can historic, there's a very interesting historic track record on this um, uh, guy in the US, David Montgomery, wrote a good book about that. And so suddenly I saw something where I thought this could have a big impact and I, I, I got aware that agriculture or probably if you want to enlarge it, agriculture, forestry and the water management are key to reviving the natural system on this planet and that actually a lot of the solutions that we are looking for are related to the, 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 the natural system including um, if you revive the natural system, you are reviving the natural water cycle. So you even have the natural cooling system of this planet is vegetation, and we are destroying worldwide the vegetation. So in that respect, in that respect, um, I, I suddenly saw something which I wanted to engage in. I'm now 62. Um, um, I'm not at a point where um, I, I would say I don't need to work anymore, but um, I, I just wanted to. Um, uh, have some impact for my my children and, and future generations and it's so obvious that we're bracing against the wall and suddenly when I saw that there's a solution I got engaged in it and I don't want to be called an, an evangelist I'm, I, I don't want to be an evangelist but um, for me the, 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 the key thing was to, to realize it's really our disconnection from the natural system that is causing what's happening in this world and if we can reconnect uh, to these principles um, I described before I think we can really um, turn things into the right direction and we actually have great opportunities so there my business heart is still there uh, we if, if we would account correctly we would unleash I think a huge wave of new innovations to rebuild life on this planet is such a gross opportunity. Um, um, but for that, we need to appreciate doing that and we need a natural capital account. And, and, and that's basically what uh, I think is um, the opportunity that is in front of us.